Hey everyone, Frosty here. If you're enjoying the shows and you have the means, consider helping us out on Patreon. Being a member not only helps out the show, but depending on the subscription tier, you'll automatically be sent out mugs, sweaters, and much more. A little bit goes a long way and helps keep the show running. All you have to do is go to the Patreon site and look up Mog Talk, or just click on the link in the description. Thanks! Welcome everybody to Mog Talk. Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar, Mog Talk is a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community, discussing everything from Savage Raiding to Chuckabo Racing. Uh, today I have a wonderful guest with me, and I also have this black bar that I forgot to crop out. That I need to do it real quick, so let me do that. There we go. Professional podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Get the right. bar out of here. Yeah, all right, we got it, we got it, we got it. All right. So, if you guys are unfamiliar with Jason, uh, I am really sorry for you. If you play Final Fantasy XIV, you know who Jason Charles Miller is already by association of that, but likely you've known him from a lot of other things before. Two decades of professional experiences, like a singer, a songwriter, a producer, a voice actor. Uh, he's also been I the lead... I, honestly, I need to change that in my bio to three decades. Three decades? I don't <laughs> want to yet. I just, I, I'm, I'm in denial of how just... long I've been in this business. Say like two and a half, two point nine, you know, just yeah. like put 2. it right. Nine, 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 nine. Oh, jeez, man. Uh, I mean, sooner, you know, I, I'm, I'm accepting my my elder statesman status with, with hopefully with grace. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like it doesn't. I don't know. I, I don't even think about it anymore. I, I'll be honest with you. Like, when you uh, were in Godhead, too, that was a big point of my life back in the day. Sorry, I was still introducing you. You're lead singer, <laughs> lead vocalist in Godhead, uh, which was, like, in the 90s. That was uh, when I was a lot into a lot yeah, of industrial rock. The 2000s was kind of our big heyday. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, you've done so much more than that afterwards. I mean, again, voice actor and, like, basically a hundred productions of video games, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. And then... Over a hundred. Over a hundred. Over a hundred. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, what a, what a heckin', like, life so far you had, Jason. Like, I, it's weird to think I have you here talking with you right now. Because, while well, I was in, you know, high school, you know, you're out there rocking on stage. <laughs> Not to make, not to Back when you were in high school. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, and since then, you've been really involved in the Final Fantasy XIV like, side of things with the music. I mean, you've even voice acted uh, Raban, right? right? Yeah. Yes, Which, children of Eorzea. Oh, jeez, man. And that is just absolutely insane to me. Uh, just how, like, Final Fantasy XIV took over my life completely uh, in the content creation side of it. Uh, and I've done so much with it. And just in the background, you've been there talking to me while I've been going through the main story quest, at least, you know, in A Realm Reborn, right? Uh, so. I just finished that myself. Yeah? And I watched my name in the credits and I was like, well, bye, Raubon. I knew you well. <laughs> I'm going to be someone else. Fair. Well, but that's okay. You know what? Because they brought me back to sing in the game, which is yeah. way cooler, I think, for me personally. Well, because like the new, you know, 
anyway, yeah. No, <laughs> Robot's not on stage in Tokyo, right? At the Tokyo, <laughs> so it's a little bit right. different. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you've done a lot of really uh, interesting things with Final Fantasy XIV now, and, like, man, just uh, thinking about all that stuff, uh, <laughs> you know what? Before we get too much into it, how are you doing today, Jason? Today a good day for you? You doing all right? Well, today's a pretty good day. Yeah? Um, yeah, so far. This is kind of my so first far? thing of the day, besides oh, shit. chasing one of my dogs <laughs> around. If I it's so like trying to market my neighbor's dog through the fence, I mean that's fair. You know, uh, that's better than that. Okay, okay, okay. And then cool. my other dog is asleep right next to me, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, all right, sorry, I gotta ask, what kind of dogs do you got? I've got two pit bulls. Two pit bulls. Yeah. So. Those are some of the most <laughs> loving dogs. Funny they enough, are. they're so loving uh, and misunderstood uh, and so cuddly. Yeah, I uh, I have a, a dog that's like part pit bull, like half Rottweiler and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, this is a scary dog. No, it just rolls over. She rolls over on her belly as soon as like you get close to her, but she'll bark really loud. She'll scare people away, but really just a baby dog. Uh, and so, uh, okay, we're not going to talk about dogs. We're, go ahead. You, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, first of all, why don't we just talk about how we finally made this happen? Yeah. <laughs> even with a even with a a false announcement. Yeah. You know, like you announced it and I was like, "Wait, did I agree to that?" Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, "I did, but then I scheduled something over it. I got yeah. booked on something." I mean, the 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 plus and minuses of being a freelancer in like five different areas of entertainment is there's I'm always booked on something. So I just have to like Google Calendar is 1000% my best friend in that right. regard uh, yeah because i i mean you should see it it just looks like a, a i'm sure yeah. <laughs> uh well i mean yeah it's been we, we've been trying to make this happen for a while uh again there's a lot of important things going on this is more having for me this is great i love having you on and talking to you uh but you know, if there's something else more important, <laughs> like Conan actually doing a voice acting gig or, you know, singing or any other work that's out there professionally for you, those things I'd rather you do first. And then we, ha we always have time here at Mog Talk to talk. It's not a, not a big deal. We always make time. Um, and so, yeah, we've rescheduled it, I think, since uh, like the November. Right? Was it November or December? It was December. December, that's right. Uh, middle of that month. And then we kind of figured that out from there. Uh, yeah. but I deleted yeah. that post fast enough. It's okay. I was real quick on it. Okay. No worries. No worries. So, uh, I do want to ask, you know, a lot of people here watching the show, uh, again, are familiar with Final Fantasy XIV, uh, and you don't really connect the dots of, you know, where you started to where you are now. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know if maybe a lot of people have made that path from working in industrial rock metal to singing video game tracks for yeah. games like Final Fantasy XIV, but uh, it's a hard connection to make. What got, what got you into that path with like games and D&D &D and voice acting and everything else? Right. Well, the D&D &D thing kind of came first before anything, because I've been playing that since I was eight or ten years old. So that was always something that when I met people that I worked with or collaborated with that usually would come up sooner or later in conversation. Right. And so I was kind of there on the forefront of when people started streaming it because I happened to already live in Hollywood and, mm -hmm. and 
and the streams were starting to happen. And, you know, I asked and I, I asked Matt, I'm like, hey, you guys need a theme song for your show? <laughs> um, and so I had this song and that, that ended up becoming, you know, campaign one's theme song. And then I collaborated with Sam Regal for campaign two's theme song. So oh, I've got another dog in here now too. It's Good. all dogs on deck, I guess. Yeah. And, but you know, a lot of people ask me, how do, how can I get into singing on video games? And it's like every video game that I've done music for or sung on is because someone knew me already. Right. So the first video game I sang on, I believe was Guilty Gear New York. And that was because someone was helping the producer who knew me as a singer and recommended me. Uh, Tina Guo recommended me for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, then um, for Final Fantasy XIV, the same people that recommended me to audition for Raubon 10 years earlier then recommended me as a singer to Soken. And I, I did audition for that. He listened to some of my um, singing and then asked me to sing on Shadowbringers. Mm -hmm. And then the music that I did for Cyberpunk 2077, I knew the music supervisor already because he was in the, the music scene and I had written some songs uh, with his wife mm -hmm. just from being in the LA music <laughs> scene and, and writing with so many people. Uh -huh. And then um, the, all the remixes that Resodrone, which is my, my, um, my duo project one of my side projects with jameson boaz somebody at blizzard knew me from a web musical that i had done with them like eight years earlier <laughs> so i've gotten extremely lucky at, but you see not one of those mm -hmm. jobs or paths or high profile things led to the next one so it wasn't like there's a i want to be a video game singer right like it it just I just got really lucky and, and things just kept popping and going and, and you know, there are other games that I've sung on and done things for that um might not have been as popular or something, but mm -hmm. uh, it all So you know, my my advice for anybody that wants to get into that is just kind of like be around, be present, like get out there and, and start becoming known in, in other ways and then people will find you, you know, mm -hmm. don't be afraid to collaborate with others. And, and just remember that whatever you're working on now could lead to something much greater later. You just can't quantify that or, or know if and when it's going to happen. So a lot of it comes down to kind of sort of networking in a way by going out, doing really well, and then having that piece, and someone who knows you did really well, and just kind of progressing further and further, and it all just kind of spider webs in the future. Right, well, like a rising tide raises all ships, right? Mm -hmm. So if if some of the people that you collaborated also with all, earlier on in your career also go on and become successful, that's a good thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you talked about, you know, working with Matt as singing, you know, their their theme for campaign one. Uh, how did you get how did that even start that relationship with Matt? Did you know him from voice acting or anything else? Yeah, yeah. we knew okay. each other from voice acting. We were friends for years before that. I mean, 
Talison Jaffe gave me one of my very gave me my very first anime job mm. in um in one of the Helsing OVAs like oh okay twenty years ago and so knowing Talison and then meeting Matt through Talison and then kind of knowing everybody through that and then uh on a completely separate instance working with felicia day and starting to do music for her at geek and sundry mm -hmm. and then saying oh my friends are at geek and sundry too that's great we all ended up here together you know so <laughs> yeah it, once again i think when you when you sort of find your tribe and find your people it will continuously reap rewards if you so um if you just do a good job and show up on time. Right. Oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, and again, Critical Role is something that took a big chunk of my life, especially in Campaign Two, when I was watching through a lot of that stuff. Uh, and I think it got a lot of people into D and D. It's it was like a lot of people's oh, starting point. Without uh, a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and it's insane to think about that uh, because back in the day, you know, D and D was really <laughs> kind of not looked upon very greatly. Uh, and it was not as, uh, well, I don't know. You just had to have the friends that would be into no, it or absolutely. find it. People yeah. talked about it in hushed tones, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he plays D&D. &D. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then they start talking about smells or something else. And you're just like, hey, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that bad. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it was one of those things that like, you just, uh, had to make friends with people. And if you made friends with those people, uh, social stuff was a whole different story back in the day. Uh, at least, yeah, in the 90s, 80s, yeah. Um, okay, well, I mean, getting back to kind of Final Fantasy XIV a little bit, and you were talking about, you know, auditioning for Soken. Uh, and I've talked to Amanda a little bit about this, too, and I've talked to Alex Bucala, <laughs> I've talked to Husky nice. and everyone. Yeah, I, I talked to, you know, actually... Talked to everyone. <laughs> I've talked to, like, everybody except for you so far on the music side, I think. Uh, I actually, you know, I got uh, Alex and Husky their uh, their first meeting and interview with Sokin way back in the day. No uh, way. That's yeah. awesome. And, uh, yeah, they were, I was talking to him just because he was making videos and playing, like, funky music and putting up YouTube videos. And I was just like, I want to interview him. And he was like, you know, it'd be my dream to talk to Sokin. I just had a couple of connections that could make that work. And I was like... Yeah, this should already happen. You know, the, the accounts are retweeting them and our, everything else. And even though it's not like a benefit to me, I don't care. I want to help my friends out, you know, and I think that's how a lot of things happen. Um, but that being I said, mean, I'm, if we have talented friends and, and we want to we want to promote them and help them yeah. succeed. Exactly. Know? Right. And so uh, when that kind of stuff uh, was happening, too, and I've interviewed them. By the way, all of them have said how amazing you are as a person <laughs> from their interactions. Oh. Alex, Husky, uh, Amanda, uh, even some of the streamers you met over in EU FanFest. Ponto, you know, I was talking to you, Lamata, I talked to you. Porto. Porto, yeah, you're right. Sorry, <laughs> Porto. You're correct. You're correct. Yeah, so uh, so that, that, that is a funny story that I, he raided me and I glanced at the screen so quickly, I thought it said that Porto. <laughs> not Ponto. Right. So I said Porto, and then that's just become our joke. And I guess his 
even his viewers, um, his community teases him about that. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. I, so I have to continuously call him Porto. And yeah. there's a there's a chain, there's a great restaurant chain out here. It's like a bakery that has <laughs> awesome like stuff for lunch called Porto's. So <laughs> I think the next time he comes to LA, I'm taking him to Porto's. Yeah. And that's insane to me. You know, you were talking about taking him to Porto's, but like Alex, when he came into LA, he was telling me the story about when he came in, he was like, oh yeah, Jason just picked me up and just trucked me around town and just showed me all this stuff. And it was, he was like, I what the hell's going on? Yeah, but I he's like the rainbow. I showed him like, you know, the Hollywood sunset strip. And, you know, I thought he would just be into that kind of stuff because yeah. being a musician who's you know, even just into rock a little bit. Like there's mm -hmm. so much history of rock and roll comes from the Hollywood Sunset Strip. Yeah. So, Well, he loved it. He, he told me he absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah. And so, but everyone who's had an interaction with you has said nothing but glowing things about their interactions with you and how amazing of a person you are. Uh, so I, you know, that that's not always common in the music industry, right? right uh, yeah. But I think that's part towards maybe even some of your success in general is that you're just a good guy with other people. And they're like, oh, yeah, I want this guy to succeed. He's He's been awesome to work with. He's a good friend. Uh, and so just, uh, I don't know, I was thinking about that while I was talking about, because I also asked him about their interactions with Sokin too. Uh, but yeah, remembering all those interviews, just, I, I'm sure you know it already, but people say wonderful things about you. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Too. Thank yeah. you. Um, but in regards to Sokin, you know, uh, people have said amazing things about Sokin too, and their interactions with him. How's your interactions been with Sokin? Uh, oh, so great! Far? I mean, obviously, like uh, you know, our language barrier is a little bit tough mm -hmm. from time to time, but um, there's usually someone there that'll like help us bridge the gap. I love working with Sokin, but I also love hanging out with him too. He's so much fun. Yeah. In uh, in after Japan Fan Fest, uh, we had a or Tokyo Fan Fest, rather, we had a dinner the next night and um, we all just finally got to relax a little bit and, and just hang out and get great food, get great drinks. Yeah. And then after we were done at one restaurant, we went to another one, and had <laughs> more drinks, and, and Amanda was there too. And yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the music team was there. Most of the primals were there. And, um, you know, it, it was just really nice because we finally had a moment to just mm -hmm. breathe because any other time we're getting ready for, you know, an orchestra concert, we're getting ready for the Primals concert, we've got rehearsal, we've got this, we got that. And from 845 to 847, you got to be right here, you know, right. like, it is that crazily scheduled, you know, and, mm -hmm. and as it should be and as it needs to be. Yeah. Um, but when when we actually had a, a, at least one night off where we could just relax, that was really awesome. Yeah. When I was uh, at the NA Fan Fest uh, and we were doing some rehearsal, I, I did a PvP commentary over at that one. Uh, so I was on stage and uh, we were having to do some practice stuff. And we were at the back end of stuff and they were like, hey guys, we got to get going. Uh, Yoshida's dinner is scheduled at this point and we need to make sure that we don't delay that at all and everyone's going to move in like there's just so many little bits that are completely scheduled down to the minute uh, and absolutely insane and with Sokin uh, while I haven't like done a lot of direct interaction with him 
uh, for the fan fest that I have been backstage, like when I went to Paris in 2018, I saw him just kind of piggybacking and backstage having fun and goofing off. And everyone else is so serious in, in <laughs> you know, it's just such a crazy comparison seeing him kind of having fun, smiling and going out doing snowball fights and stuff and then coming back in and everyone else is just like, we got to make sure if things show up on time, work, <laughs> everyone's like in place and everything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. He is definitely the, the the not not yeah he he's he has a lot of fun we'll just put it that yeah. <laughs> he has a lot he's of fun one that, that lets loose and he brings the mood up to for everybody right which i think is why people love him so much yeah 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 absolutely one of the many reasons um but that being said too i mean just working these events yourself uh How's it been in comparison to other things that you have done, like in your your career, singing, you know, being on stage? How does the Final Fantasy fourteen side of that feel uh, in comparison? Is it pretty much the same, or is it like no? Different? I mean, it's very special, um, but it's also I feel like the work that I'm doing and like the, the concerts and and the recordings that I've done, like everything in my career has kind of led up to that. Mm. Right. And so uh, not only am I extremely grateful, I'm also um, I understand the responsibility that comes with it and the importance of it and the importance of how much it means to literally millions of people. And so I take that part very seriously and um, always want to make sure that I give it my all and really work really hard on on the songs and the material and you know for Tokyo he had me he asked if I would sing uh and Walker footfalls and of course mm -hmm. I don't sing that song on the recording it's a different singer who has actually a higher range than I do and I you know I worked really hard to make sure that it that it that it worked you uh -huh. know uh because it uh it would it would um I, it would just be a detriment if I didn't bring to the audience like what they were expecting, you know. Mm -hmm. So, well, I, I would say the Final Fantasy XIV community is very generous <laughs> in their ways of like how they, you know, if someone misses a note or someone messes up, they usually are like they don't care. They just love that you're there singing it for the most part. Uh, and some of those imperfections, you know, again, going back to an interview with Alex, he's like, some of those imperfections are the, the reasons why those performances are so great. You know, because mm. you can mm -hmm. kind of like a missed note or something like that just feels real. It feels like you're kind of more in that moment and everything else. Uh, and so it's the concerts, I think, in Tokyo were live streamed, but not all of them were, which was kind of like a, one of the sad parts is that everyone online couldn't see all those performances. I was there, fortunately enough, and I was able to experience it in Vegas. But like, uh, you're you're amazing on stage, of course, uh, and it was a highlight of the uh, experience for sure. Uh, but I hope one day they take those and they put them in a DVD or Blu-ray. I'm sure they will. All right, <laughs> and uh, show it to everybody. Uh, I think so. I mean, were you able to watch the stream? Of, and, the, of the primals concert uh not the not the one for to I, there's just no way i could like uh be awake at that point <laughs> <laughs> like so just background like i have a daughter that's two years old <laughs> so like all of my time outside of streaming and everything is dedicated 
to her, and my sleep is dedicated to her as well. That's fair. So, but yeah, no, it's it was insane seeing the footage from it and seeing like a lot of the uh just how immense like the stadium was like i think it looked filled i don't know if it was full for sure if it was just the camera shots but that stadium f seemed really full uh yeah um i think they they limited the capacity for that event to thirty thousand, mm -hmm. and there were thirty thousand people there <sighs> i think when they have baseball games there it holds fifty thousand. okay but the way they had to put to put the stage in the middle and then it, they also limited it to thirty thousand because of the events on the floor mm -hmm. um they, they could only limit the amount of people but i mean yeah it was sold out for all intents and purposes it was yeah you know I have a couple of awesome shots of the crowd that I took like right before I went on stage with my phone of everyone with uh with their light batons and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, I saw that clip where Sokin put it up too where every, they were doing this time stop for their song and everyone stopped with their lights yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very responsive crowd. I was fortunate enough back in 2014 to go to one of the first fan fests for Final Fantasy 14, and that's when Soaking came out and the Primals. That was like their first like real performance in front of people. It was like maybe five thousand. I can't remember how many people were at that first fan fest. Uh, but just that feeling of hearing people play the video game music that you've been like attached to for so many years and you've heard and like hearing it live, it's just a completely different feeling. I don't know what it is about video game music in particular in comparison to like other music. Other music still like does a lot for uh, people, but video game music has this sense of like nostalgia and there's so many like stories and emotions that are like poured into it. It really does, it um, really does. Um, I was gonna tell you earlier, you know, there are certain there's certain people that only know me as like the video game guy, the video game <laughs> singer guy. And that's fine. Cause right. they might know me from metal gear rising. And then they realize I'm also in final fantasy 14, or they realize I'm in cyberpunk and they just know me as that. They don't know Godhead. They don't know any of my solo records and that's mm -hmm. totally fine. Right. And, but I love though, when, if people discover me from one thing and then that leads them down a path to, to find these other things that I've worked on, that's really fun. Yeah. That's insane, too. I mean, like, you just, again, you're just so spread out on so many different things that you're working on. Uh, again, voice acting, uh, singing, different genres of singing. I, rem I think I was going through your videos and you're, you're doing a country, uh, you're doing country songs going from industrial rock. And it's just like this whole transition and everything. Uh, man, did a uh, completely random question. Uh, do you remember if uh, you ever played over in Memphis? Uh, for any of their music fest? Uh, no, I, I've played a, I've played some shows in Memphis, um, okay. but I don't think I've done any festivals in Memphis. Okay, okay, because that's where I've like I grew up there, right? It's a okay. country. I played a ton, ton in Nashville. For sure. Right, yeah, Nashville's the place to go to play a lot of music. I mean, it, it's it's uh, a great place. Memphis is not, but uh, you know, in, in my comparison, I grew up there. I can I can say that. Um, I don't know. I, I just remember going to a music festival. For some reason, I was wondering if maybe in my younger days, uh, in the billions of little mesh concerts that they had at a music fest, if I ran into one of your concerts, but I don't think I did. Sorry, complete tangent. Everyone, I hope you're enjoying the show. We're going to a quick intermission break to talk about some of the show's sponsors that's helping make this show happen. Tokyo Treat and Socorico. If you're unfamiliar with them, here's what they're about. 
Tokyo Treat is a monthly Japanese snack box that is solely focused on snacks that are the latest, most exclusive, and limited or seasonal editions of snacks. So things like Sakura Pepsi, Japanese Sake Kit Kats. Sakura is focused on supporting local Japanese snack makers. Include traditional, authentic, and artisan snacks. Also come with Japanese teas and special items such as tableware. The theme for both of these boxes in February is going to be centered around, of course, Valentine's Day. So let's go ahead and see what kind of goodies they have for us. For Tokyo Treat this month, match with the theme. It includes things like strawberry shortcake Kit Kats, Pokemon candy hearts, and Piricara spicy ramen. One of the things that I haven't tried too often, but I do drink them off the stream, are the sodas that come with the Tokyo Treat boxes. So that's what I'm going to try here today. It is a fruit juice drink. It's a sweetheart fruit juice drink. Uh, and so yeah, let's go ahead and crack one open. Smells, smells kind of strong. Oh, but it's not too crazy. Like, uh, it's lightly sweet and it has a little bit of tang in there as well. You can definitely taste some maybe apple, orange, peach in there. Um, it's sort of like maybe a sangria without the, the wine in it. I love getting these drinks every single month. Uh, but it is amazing. Thank you, Tokyo Treat. Okay, now let's go ahead and see what Sikorko has for this month as well. Their box will include items like peach dariake, chocolate danish, mini hard arare, and much, much more. Before actually trying one of the snacks, I do want to give you guys a chance to see what the a uh, little tableware that comes with it as well. This is one of the dishes. They also have another one that's a butterfly dish that has a little bit few holes in it around it. Uh, but you can get this nice little dish uh, with your Sikorko box. And it's a great little dish for like sauces and everything else while you're eating. Uh, I will add this to my collection of wonderful Sikorko plates. For the snack, I'm actually going to try out the chocolate danish that they provided. Um, I saw it and immediately it felt very soft, <laughs> so I wanted to give it uh, it's something I'm definitely in the mood for at the moment. So we're going to go ahead and crack it open as well and uh, see what it tastes like. Yeah, it is extremely, it feels very moist uh, inside. Let's go ahead and just crack it open here. Uh, kind of get a little bit of a look inside the bread, the Danish. Yeah, this is this is actually really good. This is um, it has a very moist kind of texture to it, very soft, and you can taste the little layers of chocolate they put throughout it here too. It tastes like um, not overpowering on the chocolate too much, more on the bread side of it. It's just uh, very delectable, I guess. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Sikorko. This is great. Now, of course, while eating these treats, if you're wondering what am I actually eating, because maybe you can't read the descriptions on the bags themselves, luckily both of these boxes come with these amazing booklets that have a lot of detailed information on all the items you'll be eating. That all being said, thank you so much for taking a moment here to watch this video in the middle of the podcast. Tokyo Treat and Sikorko are both amazing services. I'd highly recommend them. I've been getting boxes for a handful of months now, and they've all been wonderful. 
that could be a great gift for a family member or a friend as well. Now, uh, getting snacks straight from Japan to your door while supporting the podcast is a wonderful deal. If you all decide to use the service, please use the link that's in the description as well as the mock talk code and you can get $5 off that first box. I appreciate again, Scoreco and Tokyo Treat for sponsoring mock talk and please enjoy the rest of the show. Final Fantasy 14. I also want to ask you just at, you, you've done work for it. You've worked, you played on stage, you've done everything else. You, you have played the game a little bit for my knowledge, right? Uh, too. Yeah, I've yeah. gotten all the way to the end of Realm Reborn. Right, um, that's right. So You're... I'm on my way. I'm, I love playing Dragoon. That's my favorite uh, job. And I, uh, I'm i looking forward to continuing to play. So uh, out of curiosity, before Final Fantasy XIV, like, what did your kind of game catalog exist of? Like, what games have you played? I definitely played World of Warcraft for many years. Um, I, I play a lot of console games i i i like i love uh soccer so mm. i play fifa and and fc24 a lot um and um my main deal though and it's something that always i've always uh said is that you know as a as an entertainer as a uh as a creator mm-hmm. i need to make sure that i'm producing more than I'm consuming mm. because it's my job to produce music, to right. produce, um, you know, storytelling to, to, uh, and so I, I'm always cognizant of that because I can get really into, so into <laughs> the games that I yeah. will stop, um, everything else. You know? I- I think a lot of people can kind of agree with you getting sucked into things like that and just letting some other things that are a little bit more important go. Uh, but yeah, producing stuff is extremely important. I mean, uh, it, it makes it only makes sense. It's not like I go out and watch a ton of podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It makes no, sense. But I mean, I try to I try to play every game, that I'm in, and and the the big reason why fourteen um, why fourteen is a uh, is so important to me is because I know how important it is to everyone else Mm -hmm. and going to fan fests and performing there and meeting uh, so many members of the community. I want them to know that I love the game as well. And if they're going to ask me a question about Gridania or something, I'm not going to be like, Oh, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, so uh, I know what a limit break is and you know, okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, some of the dragoon abilities, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. But also, um, but besides that, um, I'm trying to think of who's the main boss at the end of a realm reborn. Well, I guess that's kind of speculative a little bit, but yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, why am I blanking on him? The Chat, guy, tell us. Yeah, it's uh, I I know who he is, and people are gonna give me a lot of crap for it. They're gonna give me a lot more crap than you. <laughs> Well, anyway, Gaius. Had, yeah, Gaius. Yeah, I, I had to. I had to battle him like thirteen times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he, he, he was tough. Classic RPG um, stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he so. he's uh, he's a little crazy, and then uh, I can't say anything to you about the story because I would literally be out 
of the community completely. They, the Final Fantasy XIV players are so particular about not spoiling the story for anyone that they will they will destroy anyone who might spoil something for uh, anyone else who's getting into the game. Uh, but Gaius is uh, definitely one of the major figures, right? Um, and so that so you've gotten to that point, and you've gotten to the credit. I'm trying to think exactly where you are. You've gotten to the credit reel. It's right before the next expansion, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot more ahead of you before you get to that expansion. Just like it's in, patches. I yeah, think. yeah, patches. you got. Yeah, you got a handful of patches to go through because Final Fantasy XIV is huge on story. It's it's the world building, extremely major focus on that. I mean, it has a lot of key elements of MMO, but uh, like the reason why it's so successful is because of the story uh, and the world itself. Yeah, but I'm glad that you're enjoying it and that you're getting into it. Uh, it's something that a lot of people, you know, will like. You don't stream it though, right? Or do you? I actually- don't. So okay. I stream twice a week on Twitch, and you, um, here I'll put my yeah, please, yeah. I mean, I can do it too. It's fine. Yeah, uh, but what I do is I I do acoustic shows. There's me. Mm-hmm. I do acoustic shows every Monday and Wednesday, uh, seven to nine Pacific time. And oh, there he is. Last yeah. seen playing music. Yeah. But I'm actually going to start doing like an uh an hour long kind of just talk show with my friend um, okay. on Thursdays uh, from six to seven. So that, mm-hmm. that'll be coming up soon. But yeah, I mainly, I don't stream video games. I mainly just stream music mm-hmm. uh, and it's me performing right here. Yeah. With, yeah. With, I, I, you see around me. I've watched it a couple of times and, and it's, it's insane to me. So I'm not talented musically in any shape. <laughs> like I have near zero ability outside of singing like uh, to my daughter, you know, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or something like that, right? And I can't even remember the words of that half the time. Uh, and so when I, you know, I see streams uh, like your, your stream, it blows me away. Just on the spot, you're just like killing it. Just without even like, I, I don't know, it feels like no prep work, but you know, you've had years of prep work, technically, <laughs> I mean, in the industry in some way, right? Thanks, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, sometimes there's songs, like people request a song that I don't know, and then I'll look it up, like, maybe I know the chords, maybe I know the melody, and then I'll just start on it, and then others I've worked really hard on. And I, and what I do, I I kind of have an agreement with Square Enix where I can't have close in the distance on my request list because they say it would be requested every time yeah but i do play it once a month okay okay so like usually if i'll set a goal like a subscription goal i'll be hey if i get these 30 subs i'll play close in the distance go tell everyone in your free company you Mm -hmm. know that at 8 15 i'm gonna play it and um and that's fun to do man that is i actually didn't think you played any of them i I figure square would be like nah just don't play this. No, I can, I can, I can play it limited because it's me and an acoustic guitar. So I'm, um, you know, and and they're cool with it. That's awesome. That's as really as awesome. I, as long as I make it a special occasion. Bizarre. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. Uh, I mean, did you expect like to kind of get to this point to where you're streaming like acoustic requests online? <laughs> like this seems kind of like uh, it, it started happening within the last half a decade or so, right? It's kind of a an odd thing not odd it's not odd in the way it's just unexpected like something that i didn't expect yeah well look i started doing it during the lockdown right Mm -hmm. you know and 
then, uh, but before that, I was on Twitch a lot over on Geek and Sundry. I right. I was on a show called Foreververse, and I I appeared on a lot of different shows over on over at Geek and Sundry. So, mm -hmm. the, um, it's not a I'm no stranger to Twitch, um, but it just felt. And then, and then over on uh, the Codename Games channel, I was hosting a songwriter show for like two and a half years during during lockdown. It was kind of crazy, uh, where we would write a song. It the 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 video game um, uh, forgot. Uh, sorry, uh, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms, which is like mm -hmm. a D and D licensed game mm -hmm. we would write a song every week with the audience like what do you, what should we write a song about this week okay give us suggestions and then in two hours we had a song done and uh we i signed a contract for 10 episodes and we ended up doing 75 episodes wow <laughs> so is that 75 went, songs yes <laughs> and so i went into the studio and recorded quite a few of them a cup uh two volumes are on Spotify and and you know iTunes etc and then I think like 27 of them are actually in the game so if you play Idle Champions you can hit the jute box and all the songs that we that wow. we re-recorded from writing with the community are there on the jukebox that's insane <laughs> and yeah. so like it, it blows my mind to think about like producing and creating a single song but being able to kind of wrap something up in like two hours is pretty, pretty intense. We got really good at it, you know, uh, and it was me and, and somebody who worked for the company, Dylan, and who was sort of the, our lore master. And uh, yeah, this, the show is called Bardic Inspiration. And you just got to make decisions quickly. You know, mm -hmm. like what style is it going to be? It was just me and an acoustic. Well, that was the best way to write. I think if we were starting to add beats or something, that would probably take too long. Mm -hmm. But if it's just me and acoustic guitar, a melody, um, we add the rest later. In two hours, every time we had a complete song. That's intense. Uh, you know, that being said, I mean, this seems effortless. Like you saying that seems like doing something that's very difficult effortlessly. <laughs> so I want to ask, like... A lot of people who just, like myself, don't feel musically inclined, and this is just, maybe it sounds like a generic question, but it's something I'm generally curious about. What's like your recommendation for people to like, try to at least get to a mediocre stance, like musically or anything with their voice, and be able to like, kind of just bring that music out? Well, um, obviously voice, I would say, harmonize with your favorite songs. So if you're it, to, to ear training as a singer is like 90%, right? Like if your ears are attuned to what you're hearing, you're, as long as you're in tune, that's really, a, that's people's sort of biggest hurdle, mm -hmm. right? As a singer. So what I, what I recommend to people to do all the time is like, if you're listening to, to your radio in your car, when you're driving, Mm -hmm. playlist or radio song harmonize with your favorite songs so you'll hear the melody do it a third above do it a fifth above so that you're staying in key with the song but not singing the melody and that way that'll train your ear to to better be able to figure out where you are and also to um 
just become a better singer. And then with guitar, what I really recommend to people is listen to your favorite albums and try to figure out what they're playing with just you and your guitar. Don't look them up online. Mm. Try to try to figure it out by ear. And that will be a much better way, I think, to learn how to play the guitar because... Um, of course, lessons are great, but mm -hmm. by figuring out things by ear, it will also train your ear as a singer at the same time that you're training your fingers as a guitar player. Huh. That's actually really interesting. So basically, uh, the best way to practice singing is in the car. Uh, <laughs> that's what I, right? I mean, I don't, in LA, we're in our cars a lot. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> um, because I, I've tried to pick up the guitar. I mean, I've it's kind of like a Zen thing. Every once in a while, I'll just go and I'll, I'll pluck some chords or something and just whatever I know and try to figure out basic music stuff with it, right? Because um, you don't think about it, or I don't think about anything else. I'm just thinking about touching the guitar, putting my fingers into a spot, and making a note with it. Uh, and so uh, I have very mild experience with it. But you're, you're saying maybe getting like the isolated tracks of like a guitar of a song that I'm familiar with or something like that and just trying to make those. No, no, no. Don't get the isolated tracks. No, <laughs> no. I want you to figure it out on your own. I okay. want you to listen to the full track. OK. And say, OK, isolate in your brain what just the guitar player is doing and figure it out yourself. Don't okay. get the isolated tracks. OK, OK, OK. If you're still learning, that's a you know, once you're at a certain level and if you're trying to get ready for a gig or something, fine, then get the isolated tracks. Right. If you're just trying to learn how to play, that is going to send you a long way. Being able to pick yeah, it out of the song. Pull it out of the air. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll be going to take because that. Your fingers will go, okay, um, you know... Oh, this is how they did it. Okay. Oh, they they jumped over this string here. You know, things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that makes like sense. How can I replicate what they're doing without having any any help okay. other than my own two ears? So, a lot of self teaching can kind of give you the basics and fundamentals. Is kind of what you're thinking. I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so. <laughs> talked about a lot of stuff here we've talked about final fantasy 14 we've talked about getting better <laughs> at music we've talked about uh just like kind of your journey getting in here uh you know you you've also voiced um uh, a lot of animes as well you've you've mm -hmm. been a, a voice in some animes um had, do you i know you talked about producing more than you absorb right mm -hmm. but have you followed any kind of like anime series or anything like that yeah, I'm a fan of old school anime. Um, Reiji Matsumoto, who was sort of like a prototype to Miyazaki in a way, is my favorite. Um, you know, he created uh, Space Battleship Yamato. He created my favorite anime of all time, which is called Galaxy Express 999 or Ginga mm -hmm. Tetsudo 999, uh, or, or rather Ginga Tetsudo 39. Mm -hmm. uh, he created. Um, Captain Harlock, which is a kind of an arc, uh, you know, iconic figure that a lot of people see. Mm -hmm. So that universe is something that's near and dear to my heart. I grew up watching Robotech with Macross, you know, the uh, the Macross saga especially. So, um, and then working 
in six episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, which is, you know, technically American anime. Yeah. I, uh, I watched all the episodes of that, loved that. Are you excited for the live action that they're going to do on Netflix? I am, yeah. It looks fun. It looks <laughs> yeah. fun. And I keep I keep in contact with Brian uh, Konetsko, and and so uh, I'm excited to see what they're up to as well with um, Avatar Labs, I think is the name of their... Actually, they started their own company after... So there's going to be more Avatar animated stuff as mm -hmm. well. Oh yeah, there's gonna be more. I think just called Avatar Studios. Avatar Studios, okay. Yeah, yeah. Avatar was uh, when it came out. It was actually uh, a surprise to a lot of people because it came out on like Nickelodeon, uh, mm -hmm. and it, you know I don't think a lot of people were expecting something as like high quality, like in storytelling and everything else, while also being right. validly on Nickelodeon. Like it was something that felt like it could be there, but it was just so high quality. Uh, it might have been overlooked by some people. Uh, even going back and watching it as an adult, it's a pretty, pretty good show, you know. Uh, to a lot of people who maybe watched it when they were growing up, it holds very well. Not like maybe like Digimon yeah. or something like that, but <laughs> like uh, Avatar does for sure. And so, yeah, Avatar Studios, you're right on that. Actually, while we're talking about, hold on one second. While sure. we're talking about anime, I want to get something. Yeah, yeah, go get it, go get it. This is uh, <laughs> how dedicated. Holy uh, crap! That looks amazing. I am. This is my uh, Galaxy Express guitar. Wow. Can I ask <laughs> how much? How did you acquire that? Was that just a straight well, purchase? When I was endorsed by Yamaha guitars, I've been I've been with uh, ESP now for a long time. But when I was endorsed uh, by Yamaha guitars, they were doing sort of custom. Uh, paint jobs and so I, I asked someone I gave someone the um the art from Galaxy Express and asked asked them to put Maytel on a guitar for me. Wow, that is amazing. Uh I'm guessing that doesn't get too much played. <laughs> You're not playing that too often. No, it doesn't. I don't I I never I never even played a single show with it. It's just too it's such a right. unique and piece of art, you know. Yeah. I I I will ask, did did you get a chance to get the Final Fantasy fourteen? guitar that they made the Shadowbringers guitar yeah i think they only made like 25 i got a chance to play it <laughs> i played sokens uh -huh. and i also autographed um i autographed someone so i've held it several times mm -hmm. but uh, i i definitely i want to get my hands on one they're just, yeah they're very they're very expensive <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> uh but that was a really cool moment too when soaking got that out there and showed everyone uh, just strange things that you're not expecting. It's just like someone who's playing an MMO to see these things kind of evolve and happen. And uh, Final Fantasy XIV has grown into way more than just a video game at this point. It's like this whole community, this whole like experience, uh, you know, with its history and how it's evolved to where it's at right now. Uh, Have you just... seen the close-ups of um, of the guitar? Because por a portion of it has like this see-through. Yeah. Purple resin. Yeah, like weird. a. I don't know if it's epoxy. I don't know. It, it's it's something that, uh, you kind of you just like crystallized. I believe, right? Yeah, that's really awesome. It's it's there good. There was a guy at at um Fan Fest North America, uh, you know, in Vegas, who had one, and and he 
figured out where the dressing rooms were. So <laughs> he, stood, he stood as close to where people were coming out as he could yeah. to get everyone to sign it. And he eventually got everyone to sign it. I, you know, I, he missed all the events. That was the only thing that, that <laughs> I, I'm like, dude, you're missing everything. He's like, no, I gotta get Soken to sign this. Yeah, that that was a strange. The venue there was a little strange for the backstage stuff, because uh, it's right next to one of the bathrooms. It was right up the escalator, and like, and there was no bathroom backstage. So we had to use the bathroom. We had to go use that bathroom. Oh, That's I remember that all the time. When I when like, I had to go to the bathroom, uh, right before the stage event, uh, they they led me out, and then you go right where all those computers are off to the side, and you just go straight to the, <laughs> the public bathroom. You come back, and the guard lets you back in. Uh, it was, uh, it was a odd experience, too, uh, as just that venue in particular, but, uh, yeah, and I was going back there f to work on a couple things, uh, before the, the event, and yeah, I, I saw everybody walk, Sokin would walk back, Yoshi would walk back, and you could see, like, it's very public where everyone is. It felt a little bit, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know the right word for it, I don't want to say, like, not secure, but more of, like, uh, you're, you reveal yourself when you don't want to reveal yourself for a second when you can't talk you're like I gotta go right and then uh, I, I did see people trying to catch everyone walking by uh, over there yeah uh, gosh well then um, do you know Jesse Cox oh yeah I know, I've talked yeah, to Jesse so, multiple um, times I, yeah. I, I, I messaged Jesse because he, he was there and uh, we're friends and I said uh, yeah come meet me at the top of the escalator or whatever. And then Jesse came, but he had like 30 people yeah. following him. <laughs> so then Jesse came to see me and then we were just surrounded by people. It was fun. Yeah, no, it's a lot of, this is insane for content creators going to those events. Uh, like there's a handful of creators that go there and when they stop, a line starts to form behind them. And it's just these people who stream Final Fantasy 14 who's been in the community for a while. And they just have this, they, they actually start to feel like that sense of, what it's like to be a little famous, but it's only in this moment, right? It's only during FanFest. Jesse gets it a lot of places. Jesse's done a lot of crazy stuff. I think he's done some advertising, and he worked with Jeff Goldblum and stuff on a couple of things, and it's just mm -hmm. uh, insane. Yeah, I've talked to Jesse a handful of times, and I saw him over at the event. But... One of the greatest things about the 14 community, though, is like how supportive they are and how polite and how... Yeah how just cool they are. I, I love the community so much because, you know, the internet can be a mean place and oh, yeah. so supportive. Yeah. For the most part, yeah, all the, the community. I mean, you always have bad eggs everywhere. At FanFest, you really don't see them because you're, no one's going to spend that amount of money to go to a FanFest if they were really... Yeah, yeah, they usually don't invest in doing that. But, uh... Yeah, no, it's uh, the reason why this show even exists is because of FanFest back in 2014 when I went. And I was like, it felt so good just interacting with the community. And all I wanted to do was just talk to people more and more and more the same way that I did it uh, at FanFest. And so uh, that's why we're here. I mean, it's been like 10 years now, about nine, 10 years or so. 10 years. Jeez. Uh, yeah. uh but, uh, you know, the community, the community, uh, it's strange because they're just so supportive. It feels out of every video game community, every single one. I have not seen another video game community that has been just as positive as possible. Sometimes it feels like it's too much. Like, hey, guys, come on. <laughs> it can't all be that good. 
Uh, but I mean, with your experience with other like video game communities, anything else has there been? Has any of them even kind of compared to Final Fantasy fourteen? No, um, you know, uh, not as far as like the camaraderie of the of the community and and how supportive they are of each other, how supportive yeah. they are of new players. A lot of other games that I shall not name have very toxic communities, very toxic communities. Mm -hmm. And 14 is the opposite of that. And I love that. And I yeah. love meeting anybody who's a 14 player. So like if I'm, if you see me at the grocery store or something and you're a 14 player, like come say hi, I will gladly talk to you because uh, I just, I love any member of that community. You know, what's funny uh, that you mentioned that uh, I, I do various raids in the game and I'm with a group of people who do raids. One of them is a cosplayer, went to the near concert recently uh and they saw you there with amanda right <laughs> yeah we got invited by the square enix team to to go to the near concert so yeah. we both ended up going yeah and they saw you and uh i was like right, yeah you're gonna go say hi to them or anything he's like no they're busy they're here they're not working i don't want to go talk to them. <laughs> i don't want to bother them. they're enjoying the near concert i want to leave them alone uh and i was like okay that's that's all you <laughs> but you know, people, we did as many photos as we could, you know, with right. people, as long as um, we weren't, like, holding up something or something like that. Yeah. How'd you enjoy the near concert, by the way? That was pretty oh, it was crazy. Great. I mean, it was great. You know, the music is beautiful. It's so different than Sokin's style. Mm -hmm. um, it's way more atmospheric, you yeah. know, like, it's, uh, it, but um, I, I had a great time. Yeah. yeah. And I loved hearing the chaos vocals, <laughs> chaos language. Mm -hmm. It had to be explained to me. I'm like, what language is she singing? And I was told she made it up. I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Nier is insane, like with the story and lore and world building to the point that it's like almost like a headache. You're like, you got to watch this, this stage play and you got to play this game. And this part over here is real. This isn't real. And then it's just like mm -hmm. trying to just put it all together. And people love, hate that kind of stuff, right? Uh, right. And even that concert in particular apparently had story elements that involved the whole universe and everything else that were revealed during the concert. Um, but that is that is awesome. So, uh, yeah, you even though it wasn't a Final Fantasy fourteen concert, and you you haven't done any work with Nier, have you? Or my mm -mm, okay, no. okay. But all the all, uh, it's so funny because as since I am also a voice actor, the um the rest of my the, the all the other voice actors that were there i was friends with already yeah so, yeah, yeah and liam liam was yeah. there of course in critical role ray chase uh erica lindbeck uh kyle mccarley who's directed me in other uh games uh it, it was really fun to see to see everybody there yeah jeremy lee um, yeah that, I mean, that's insane. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like a lot of members from Critical Role, or at least a handful of them were voicing near uh, mm -hmm. back in the day too. So it's uh, video games have. <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day too. It's like Final Fantasy concerts come up and they do big orchestras. They have big orchestras for Zelda concerts. They have big orchestras for a lot of different video games. They're just like becoming super popular everywhere uh, now and. It's it's not what uh, I would imagine uh, back in the day again, but I I love it. I'm living in it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I mean, we've we've been going for about like an hour or so here. I don't want to hold you up too much more, but I guess like chat 
if anyone in chat wants to ask a question, uh, as long as it's not too too bad, we can we can ask Jason here too. Right? Uh, are your mod? I mean, I mean, as my mods as are the, okay. My mods are good. If your mods are ready, they're ready. They're usually ready. They're pretty good about it. But if but if 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 mainly the fourteen communities watching, they're yeah. they're gonna be cool. They're not gonna ask anything crazy. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But if anyone wants to ask a last minute question or anything here that we haven't gone over, I mean, I know uh, I did see a little bit earlier. Uh, there's some things you can't say due to NDA, of course. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can't answer. I can't answer anything. I can't answer questions about anything new or right. anything that hasn't come out. Right. I can't answer. Just yeah. it, how it is. Like I, I've, I've lived that NDA uh, for a little bit, and sometimes I'm worried. Right. I'm <laughs> like. Am I supposed to say this right now or not? Because right. someone told me backstage at some point. And I'm like, do you not? Well, okay. When we did music for um, Cyberpunk, mm -hmm. it, we we did it three years before the game came out. <laughs> and there's another game I'm working on that yeah. I've been working on since 2019. Jeez. That's still not out. So I... you can understand. Yeah. I... I guess you're probably used to it by now, but I have to imagine there has to be some moments where you're like, I got to hold back and just not talk about it at all, right? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Zach asks favorite yeah. moment from FanFest, and I yeah. will say this. So at the Tokyo Dome, for the first time in a really long time, I actually got nervous during a song. Mm. I... I don't know how many shows I've performed in my life from when I started playing clubs when I was 17 and had to leave the venue as soon as the show was over because I wasn't old enough to be inside the club. <laughs> um, you know, from that all the way, you know, to being on the Ozfest, touring with Romstein, Linkin Park, Disturbed, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, you know, opening for, for, for bands of that caliber. Uh, Slipknot. Uh, I am always nervous before I perform, but then as soon as the song starts, as soon as the show starts, I'm fine, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I take the fan I, I take the fan fest performances very seriously. So yeah, I'm anxious and nervous. Mm -hmm. But when we did my first song, which was "To the Edge" at the Tokyo Dome, I've previous amount of people that I've ever sung in front of was about 12,000. Mm. Uh, and this was 30,000. And I know that that, and I, I joke with everyone. I say, look, after the first thousand, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like you're going to, if you see a thousand people, like it doesn't matter if you see a thousand people or 30,000 people, just that thousand people is going to, is going right. to rattle your bones. Right. Mm -hmm. But during, um, to the edge. I was actually still nervous. My nervousness did not go away and I didn't really settle until the middle of the song. Wow. Which is like pretty it takes a clearly it takes a lot for that to happen. <laughs> so that's that's what happened. I mean that's actually good for you to say too, because uh you know, a lot of people will just kind of look at you as like this invincible, you've done it a billion times and that stuff doesn't really happen to you or where you feel nervous in the moment or anything like that. Um, and so thank you <laughs> for actually sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane when that happens. Uh, and you, like you feel people when they cheer, you feel all that stuff. I don't know if 30,000, you said 
30,000 files in Canada, same, but like, uh, you feel that rattle <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, you do. It's like a, uh, it's sort of like a rumble that never stops. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that is insane. Um, we did have another question here from Jet. Just in general, like when you're working with the, I guess, Square Enix on the side of doing music with them or doing voice acting, is it very different in like the styles of how they're like kind of directing you, talking to you, interacting with you or anything like that? Or is it kind of the same? Yeah, because when you're doing voice acting, you're usually working with a director that you might already know, you know, because mm. uh, I think Jamie Mortolaro directed me in that. And um, I had already worked with him on previous titles and he was hired by Square Enix. I believe Koji was either on the line or was actually physically there at the studio when we did Raubon's lines. But when I work for them musically, I'm dealing directly with Soken and the music team. There's no, there's no one in between. So mm. I'll get on a Zoom call with Sokin and the team, and we'll talk about what he wants for a specific song. Then I'll record it in my studio. Usually I send four different approaches mm -hmm. so that he's got enough to choose from and not needing me to go back and record more. And then we do it from there. So it's more direct when we do music. Okay. That's actually really awesome, that whole process of working with him. Uh, is that similar to when you do uh music for other games too like do you do kind of like a zoom call and you you send stuff over it to depends them? on where like for for metal gear the the composer was there because he was in he was in la and so was i mm -hmm. and um it's it's a case-by-case -case basis like 50 percent of the time they happen to be there and and you're directed like i sang uh, i'm the singing voice of raza ghoul in uh, mm -hmm. dc uh uh, DC Superhero Girls on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. And the songwriters and the director were both there in the studio when I recorded that. Wow. That was a ton of fun. <sighs> I, I'm still just trying to process. Like, every time <laughs> you say, oh, yeah, I've worked on this project, then this project, then this project. It's just like you have this huge library of different things that you've worked on. It's so easy to pull uh, from all those different, oh, well, but you know how I got that job? You know who recommended me for that? Huh? Sam Regal. Oh, really? Yeah. I. So. Man, Critical Role. It, and you know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like voice acting in general didn't get as much recognition, at least in the NA side, North America side, until more recently. Like, it was a lot more in Japan, but, I mean, people would recognize some voices, like the voice of Spike from Cowboy Bebop or some things that got kind of popular that would pop up from here and there. But it wasn't, sure. like, super heavy. David Hayter from, like, Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> something like that, right? Uh, and so I feel like Critical Role also did a lot of work with that, just... Uh, boosting the signal of voice actors in general and getting people more recognized. I mean, it, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Because they were mm -hmm. already popular before Critical Role started, right? Right. And and we were all doing convention appearances as voice actors, um, but it, it's like exponentially getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely awesome because then it it leads into like a uh, career where you have portfolio, and you can perform on a lot of different things as well, and it's just yeah. Hey, 
Alright, alright. I don't know, let's see, uh, I think that might be all the main- I don't know how many questions the kid you could answer, answer about future concerts and where you're going and everything else. Well, uh, okay, I, uh, I do have some things coming up, so, sure. um, I'm gonna be at GaryCon at the end of, uh, of March, and that is in, uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. That's more of a Dungeons and Dragons, uh, mm -hmm. convention. But then I'm also going to be at MomoCon in Atlanta, uh, and that will be in May. And then right before that, I'm going to be going on tour in the U.S. with my solo band, um, and those dates will be announced soon. So that will be the first half of May, and then um, if you're in Atlanta, please come say hi to me at MomoCon. Yeah, yeah. If you make your round back to Arizona, let me know. <laughs> I'd love to just like... Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not that far, so I just I just played there in... Uh, in Mesa. In November. Yeah. 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 I Where barely missed it. I'm sorry. That was... I, I saw it like last moment, and that was during... Again, I, I'm a father. I could use it. My daughter was going through a thing. I kind of had okay. to take care of that. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, can they see the puppies? Well, one is here, but he's the one that never likes to be on camera. Like if I pull oh. him up here, he'll run away. Okay. Let me see if I can get him. Hey, Iggy, want to come up here? <laughs> he's the heavy one too. Come here. Oh, he's becoming aware now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He's, like, he's no. refusing. He's fine. Can you see him? A, a little a bit, bit at the very tip. I see the paw in your hand. It, it kind of <laughs> crops out a little a bit at the bottom. Oh, oh there we go. go. There we go. <laughs> right. Oh. Now he's like, screw this. I'm out of here. Luna will come up on my lap. She'll be really nice and sweet. Iggy's like, no. Yeah. I kind of have a, my animals are kind of like that too. <laughs> Every once in a while, one will come and the other will not. You just have yeah. to. They like being around. They, like don't touch me that much, right? Just mm -hmm. I can exist in your sphere, but I don't want to be directly involved with you. Uh, okay, okay, all right. Well, I won't keep you too much longer. I know you have stuff to do after this, but it's been an amazing conversation, Jason. I, I've loved having this uh, this oh, show with you. So I've had fun too. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it. You know, maybe in the future when other things are revealed in the A, we could do another little talk to review some of that stuff. Uh, you know, whenever that's Don Trail's a bit away too. So, uh, but yeah, I I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say before uh, getting off the show? Well, I mean, just you know, I want everyone in the 14 community to know how much I love them and how much I love that they've like embraced me and been so supportive of me. So, yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, you deserve it, <laughs> every bit of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you you make a lot of people happy. So, let me uh, also put this in chat. I'll put this on the YouTube video as well. Uh, your links. Uh, just your straight page links that will show all your socials and everything where people can go and find you if they want to. Please check out Jason's uh, streams again. What what days? Just to make sure I have that correct. Uh, Monday nights and Wednesday nights from 7 to 9 Pacific. And then uh, Thursday, look out for from 6 to 7, a new um, kind of a talk show I'm going to do with my buddy. So we haven't officially announced that one yet. So kind of waiting to to announce it, but that will be coming out soon. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, Jason. Thank you, everybody, for watching uh, Mog Talk today. This has been a, a great episode. I was looking forward to it for quite a while. I'm glad we were able to get it done. 
Uh, but yeah, everybody, we'll be back here. We'll, the channel will be up. We'll be doing some other stuff on stream, non-podcast related after the show, uh, as well as uh, a handful of other stuff later in the week. But we can talk about that later. Guys, be good. Don't do anything too crazy. And we'll see you next time. All right. Wave, say bye. 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 <laughs>